This is the Information Brief. A Holyoke Media Service with the most recent updates of relevance in the city of Holyoke and the Pioneer Valley. I am Johan Rashivega, and this is the information for Wednesday, April 22nd of 2020. Happy birthday to the Holyoke Public Library. Today is its 150th anniversary. Holyoke High School teachers and staff had a car parade through the city to celebrate and cheer students with some Holyoke pride amid the closure of schools for the rest of the year. Holyoke City Council held a virtual meeting last Tuesday evening. We are reporting the highlights of this session. And we have the most updated numbers at the Holyoke Soldiers Home. This is the information. Today is a day that observes a couple of outstanding dates. April 22nd is Earth Day that celebrates its 50th anniversary today. Earth Day is an annual event celebrated around the world on April 22nd to demonstrate support for the environmental protection. Locally, April 22nd is another day to celebrate because the Holyoke Public Library is officially 150 years old today. It was on April 22nd of 8070 when the Massachusetts legislature approved the charter of the Holyoke Library Corporation. The library opened in November of 8070 in rooms in the Appleton Street School. A particular fact is that the library did not use the term public in its title and users had to pay $1 a year to borrow books. Revisions to the city charter allowed in 8086 more funds to be allocated to the library and the $1 fee was dropped. In one year, the number of users jumped from 441 to 2,075 and the number of books loaned increased from 18,835 to 44,655. With a design by James A. Claw, the building for the Holyoke Public Library was built between 1900 and 1902, and its current location is between Maple and Chestnut Streets. It was dedicated as the People's College. For the first time, Patrons were encouraged to browse in the stacks for reading material. A children's apartment was established, and within five years, circulation doubled. Currently, the original building it is fused with a new design that is part of its renovation that happened between 2011 and 2013. And while today the library is closed to the public due to the quarantine of this COVID-19 pandemic, we want to take this moment to celebrate and congratulate the Holyoke Public Library staff, board members, and its supporters. We know that when time allows it, there will be plenty of activities to celebrate this 150th birthday accordingly. Once again, happy birthday, Holyoke Public Library. It is possible that you have heard a lot of car horns between 3 and 4 p.m. of this afternoon. 
If that is the case and you're still wondering what was going on, the Holyoke High School teachers and staff held a car parade through four different routes across the city of Holyoke to celebrate students and Holyoke pride. This idea of doing a car parade was planned by the Holyoke Public Schools teachers and staff since last week, but with the recent announcement by the state of schools remaining closed for the rest of the school year, the meaning of this car parade took a deeper sense. We followed one of the four groups of the car parade, and the images you see on your screen are from the route that ran from Holyoke High Dean Campus and went through Main Street, then visiting South Holyoke, the Flats, downtown, and Churchill. It was a warm moment to see children, families, and community members waving back from their windows, porches, driveways, or the sidewalk. Some of them were really surprised, others eager to see some of their teachers. It is important to note that physical distancing was always kept in check before and during this car parade. We want to thank the Holyoke High School teachers and staff for putting together this event. Certainly, it was a really emotive and most needed moment for cheerfulness and a little joy for the students in our schools in this time where the school year has been officially put on hold from being able to be physically there. So this was a good experience to have and to celebrate today. On this Tuesday, April 21st, the Holyoke City Council held its second virtual meeting, where an agenda of 30 items was cleared in the course of over two hours of session. Natalia Munoz has a summary of this City Council meeting. Last night, the Holyoke City Council debated the pros and cons of sending a letter of interest to the Massachusetts School Building Authority. That is the entity that decides which municipalities across the Commonwealth can receive large chunks of taxpayer money to help defray the cost of either building a new school or making giant capital improvements. The councilors were very concerned about, in this era of the pandemic, when tax receipts are down, does the city have money to proceed? They were assured that the letter of interest, all it does is tell Boston, Holyoke is interested if uh, the opportunity exists for Holyoke to again submit an application to try to build a new school, Holyoke is interested. That's all. Following is a condensed version of that conversation from last night's meeting. The complete meeting of the City Council is available at the link provided below. What we have here is a, uh, a, a potential invitation from the state, should you decide to accept it to participate in the school building assistance program. What happens now is that the state has an eligibility timeline for the submittal, which is a, an opportunity for us again to come into consideration before the board of directors at the MSBA for a, a project to enhance your portfolio of schools and in this instance, most likely to modernize and to update the, uh, the availability for the school children in the city of Hoyoke. The, the first requirement for the statement of interest on the application process is to cite a location 
Well, coming off of our last experience here, we actually had two different locations and there is a tremendous need for community input in order to ascertain the desired target. I, I just like to add, I would just like to add just two quick points. Uh, it, it, nothing precludes the city of Holyoke and the mayor from appointing a building committee uh, now or at any point in in the in the future. Secondly, um, we did a, we uh, based on the feedback we received from public input and from the uh, finance committee, we I did make a commitment to include a disclaimer in the proposal that would say that Holyoke would like would reserve like to reserve the right to have further discussions regarding the location because there's there was a lot of discussion about uh, location and even though Jack McCarthy and the MSB insisted on picking one location um, you know I, I we can certainly include in the disclaim in the narrative that we would be um, that we would reserve the right to have further discussions about whether it would be the tech site the Lawrence site or some other site in, uh, in Holyoke. The affordability issue is is kind of somewhere um, lost in translation or not discussed here so I, I, I have the memo in front of me can Holyoke afford a new building and and in 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 this statement of interest, uh, the one I'm reading anyhow, dated uh, February, I think it's the 13th, and and it's from it's from Steve Reich, Anthony Soto, Whitney Anderson, and Aaron Linville. In here, it's it says it, it says for for the state of, uh, for can can Holyoke afford it? It it, it re, re, reiterates what what happened last year's vote, so we all know that. Then it moves on to the next paragraph. It says Holyoke. HPS still, still intends to dedicate 0.5 million per year to a new school building. It says, and I quote, an SOI should only be filed for a facility where the district has the financial ability to proceed with a construction project at this time. I can't project three years of revenue growth, but if we continue at the revenue growth that we saw for the past three years, which is unlikely to, to happen for this next fiscal year, but at the point that we need to start cutting checks for a school year, um, then then that's what revenue projections suggest. We, we know that revenue projections are anywhere between two and a half and 4% per year. Now, it's no longer, it, it would not be, even today, it would not be a question of whether we have the money for it. It's a question of whether we prioritize it over other city expenditures. And I think that's an ongoing conversation that, that needs to have or happen over the next two three years and certainly certainly before any project is is voted on now I would say that prior to the November ballot there was a, a considerable effort to get a finite numbers on how those specific projects uh, would be funded where that money could come from and and how we would go about that and I think that would be a requirement for any voted on proposal coming forward but to to the best of my understanding and, and Whitney you can correct me if I'm wrong this is literally a procedural vote just to be allowed into the pipeline to create and present a plan. Once that plan is presented and created, um, there's there's no vote, there's no there's nothing going on here that, that commits the city to paying for anything, uh, that we would have a, a much better situation and much better handle on what next year's financial situation looks like for the Commonwealth, for the, for the city, especially for the country. And, and we very well could be in a position where, where nobody's building anything. Um, but to try to make that projection out three years, even one year right now, I think would, would be a silly thing. So really it just comes down to 
do we pass a procedural vote to allow us to enter in this pipeline um, or, or do we want to keep going around in circles having this conversation? So I, I, I don't think, um, not to throw your words back at you, uh, Mr. Bloomberg, I, I don't think budgeting is a silly thing. I, I don't think, I think budgeting is a vital thing and that is my point that despite the rhetoric we heard for the last, during, per, running up to last year's election, that this has been talked about since 2015, 2016. The fact is that we have not budgeted dollar one as a city government to this. Right now, when we have every business in the city other than essential business closed, I think until we're in a place where we can at least see a plan for the reopening, I just think it's irresponsible to take a step where we're stipulating we have the funding for a project that Councilor Bartley has referenced is on the very same website as the deadline. So I don't know how we have to take certain parts of the website as gospel and other parts don't really mean what they say. I just don't see how we can parse that. Yeah, this is uh, to uh, Dr. Zreich. Um, and I, I know this is just a statement of interest, but I'm concerned you mentioned about the school building authority. Uh, I mean, school building advisory committee and how that would be set up uh, and who would set that up? Because I'm looking at a, you know, something different than it was last time, a general population of, of maybe, uh, you know, teachers, uh, school committee, council members, uh, parents, um, a, a more diverse group of people that could be on this committee. I just wanted how that would uh, start and who would be the ones uh, getting the committee together. I think we heard loud and clear that people want a more uh, representative sample, get new new voices and new faces on the committee. And so, you know, while I have all the counselors here, I would encourage um, if you yourself is interested and or you have constituents that might be interested in serving on the committee, I always say this, please email me um, your thoughts. You know, it is my appointment. Um, I believe without council confirmation, and so I would really welcome any input that any counselors have to create that committee. And I would just echo, you know, what what has been said before. I think if, if we don't get the statement of interest in now, we automatically move to the to to then a year from now when we're able to put in a new statement of interest. We're not committing to any financial appropriation uh, this evening by advancing uh, this. Um, and again, it's a question of priorities. We have the capacity to bond for it. Uh, it's a question of what other decisions would we have to make. In the budget, a few things. Uh, first of all, I mean, it is just uh, a statement of interest. It is something that we're being asked and putting ourselves in line. So, I mean, I'm not going to vote against that, even though I have a lot of questions about how we're going to do it. Uh, but I do have some points that I made at the finance meeting and I want to make. And I think one of those, first of all, is that it's absolutely vital that however we do this, that we do it and we can enhance community involvement in the discussions and the decisions and eventually try to provide a united community in support of whatever potential new school we're talking about. Let me let me give you something else to think about. Supposing the MSBA, the legislature, the governor comes out with a new program a couple of months from now where they recognize the city of Hoyoke's special needs, right? And I know this is a long shot, but Suppose they said, you know what, we're gonna pay 100%. We're gonna do something really special for Holyoke. Guess what? Because we haven't put in a statement of interest, a simple statement of interest, you can forget the conversation about the location of it. You can forget any conversation about whether we can afford it or not. It's all out the window because we didn't put in a letter of interest. 
That's all this is. Let's get on with it and let's get it done. I would like for this to go in the pipeline and that just like Mike Sullivan says, I second what he's saying that is just smart and it would be a benefit to Holder just to have it in the pipeline and then we have time to come back as a group and decide and identify and lay out a scope of services and cost. I am in agreement with Joe. I think that if the state doesn't give the city of Hoyoke 80%, there's no way we can fund it. $73 million is, is a lot of money, but we have to make sure that we get the full 80% of it. The only question I have is if we send in this SOI and according to what Whitney was saying relative to the people we have to bring on board right away, what kind of costs will we be incurring relative to that? Mr. President, if I can answer that a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. I'm glad, I'm glad Councilor Bacon asked that. That's a good, good question. There is no money to pay for that at this point in time. That's the next vote. That would take a, a bond that would be the one that we did uh, two years ago was the $1.1 million that was right. first at 80% despite nothing to do with the cap on construction. In order for anyone to be hired, for any project manager, for any, I forget the title Whitney used, the city, the mayor and the city council has to appropriate money either through a bond or through another, another method of being able to pay for that. There is no money anywhere that can be used for that purpose. So if the MSBA says, go ahead, let's, let's take it to the next level, then we're gonna have a very serious finance discussion just on, just on that one vote from the upfront money. And then down the road, if we keep going, the big vote is the full bonding for the full project. And again, as a number of people have agreed with me, I think we need to get close to that 80%. Thank you for reminding the public of that. All right, so with that, the clerk will call the roll. If you're voting yes, you're voting for uh, allowing the school to go forward. Anderson Burgos? Yes. Bartley? Yes. Graney? Hernandez? Yes. Leahy? I say yes. LeBron Martinez? Yes. Lisi? Yes. McGee? Yes. McGivern? Yes. Murphy? Yes. Sullivan? Yes. Tallman? Yes. Bacon? Yes. Unanimous vote. With your vote, you approve the SOI to go forward. To watch the full virtual session of the City Council meeting, you can follow the link posted on our Facebook page. And regarding the Holyoke Soldiers Home, the numbers provided by the state as of this Wednesday are 66 veteran resident deaths, 55 positive, 9 negative, 1 pending, and 1 unknown. Today's update includes three deaths, two positive who had do not resuscitate orders, one positive who was do not hospitalize order. 93 veteran residents have tested positive. 60 veteran residents have tested negative. Seven veteran residents have pending test. 81 employees have tested positive. Stay in the know with Holyoke Media. We are reporting different announcements, services, and updates in the local, state, and federal level related to the COVID-19 emergency. This service is available in English and Spanish for our community in the city of Holyoke and the Pioneer Valley. This is the information we have for today. We will continue updating and following up as soon as more information becomes available. 
If you have questions or information to share with us as well as your concerns, you can contact us on our different outlets on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and podcast distribution platforms. Also, you can watch us on Holyoke Cable Channel 15. Remember to wash your hands frequently, keep a safe distance if you need to be out, and also remember to wear a facial cover or mask. This has been the Information Brief for April 22nd of 2020. I'm Johan Rashivega. You are watching Holyoke Media.